Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From iHeartRadio, this is Missing on 9-11, the story of one woman who vanished on the eve of history and my quest to find her. I'm your host, John Walzak. My name I go by professionally is Michael W. Street, and I'm a forensic facial imaging expert and certified forensic artist. I do any type of forensic facial imaging uh, consultation, actual work on the face in terms of facial comparisons uh, for probable identities, age progressions, age regressions, uh, post-mortem imaging, skull reconstruction, such, facial composites for eyewitness descriptions. So anything involving the face, um, we pretty much try to do. As a kid, Michael loved art, but after high school, he wanted a stable career, 
So he followed in his father's footsteps and became a cop. I put my art aspirations aside until one night I saw a police sketch uh, broadcast on the news. And I had this epiphany, this aha moment where I'm like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I can merge the two. Today, Michael runs a company called Sketch Cop. He's one of the nation's leading forensic artists, trained by both the FBI and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. He's in such high demand that he often has to turn down projects, but he agreed to work with us to create an age-progressed image of Sneha so we can see what she would look like today, 20 years after she disappeared. To start, Michael asked for high-quality images of Sneha and her immediate family. I'm looking for something that the head and the neck and just below the breastplate pretty much fill up the photo field. Sometimes, you know, the graduation pictures um, or professional pictures are taken from a few feet back, and there's usually like a flag in the background, a bookcase or some other sort of decor. You know, those are okay, but again, the portrait's ideal. You get the full face, you get some sort of expression of emotion. And the photos of the family, it gives us an opportunity to see how um, the person is likely to age, although a lot of it has to do with lifestyle, uh, medical condition, exercise, diet, you know, alcohol, drug abuse, all these different things factor in terms of the aging. But the family is always a good place to start. And sometimes if there's enough of a resemblance, I'll actually merge some of the photograph of the family member into the missing person. So that always helps. Then, of course, you have to have photo references of your own because hairstyles change quite a bit. And it's unlikely that that person is going to wear the same hairstyle throughout the course of their life. Is and it, then there's col- preferred colors of clothing and styles of clothing and such. So, you know, between the portrait of the person, the last known portrait of them taken, the family reference photos and your own reference photos, you kind of mix all those up together and uh, a little bit of science, a little bit of artistic license and come up with something that resembles the person at least. So talk about this specific case. I sent you photos of Sneha and of her family was there one in particular, a reference photo that jumped out immediately is, well, this is the one that I want to use to start from? When they're kids, it's a little bit different. I, I, I may integrate a photo of a parent because there may be something that jumps out in terms of, of a resemblance. and It's good to blend photos and such. But when they're adults, I only look at the parents' pictures or the siblings' pictures at that particular age as a guide in terms of how I'm going to proceed. And I may not even use them at all because they become not so much irrelevant, like in Sneha's case, because she was a doctor. She wore her hair a certain way. Her skin looked a certain way. Her The way she dressed, very professional. It didn't appear to me that she had the environmental issues that came into play with aging like her parents did in terms of growing up in, in um, I think, was India. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I have a lot of associates, a lot of friends in India, and it's a it's a very modern country, but at the same time, you know, the lifestyle in some parts of the country, they're a huge country, is going to be a little bit different and, and cause the aging process. And even if the parents were professionals, again, the, the dress, the lifestyle, a lot of things were different versus her being Americanized. So I just went ahead and looked at the brothers and the the parents and there were some things I took into consideration in terms of you know weight of the face and I may have gone back and grabbed some old eyebrows from one of Sneha's earlier pictures when she was younger uh, because the way I age progressed her was in a way that a, a, a smart intelligent professional woman who was likely over time to relax into a more casual 
yet still professional, uh, fresh, young for her age. At, at the time, I progressed her to, which I believe be 51, very breezy and laid back, but yet with that still professional demeanor and still you know, keeping up her appearance, so to speak, and being very interested in keeping up her appearance. It's interesting the impact that the hair and the clothes have because the face seems more straightforward and the hair and the clothes, like you said, that seems more just subjective. So you just take in, into account somebody's biography and, and just whatever you know about them and when you choose how to express what their hair might look like at a certain point or what clothes they might be wearing. I do. I look at myself as a, as an artist, but not in the sense of like a lot of artists do. And you know, My art is the vehicle that gets me to where I need to be in terms of an investigation and or, you know, creating a facial image. And in the case of age progression, in the case of uh, skeletal remains reconstruction, that's where you really get to be an artist in terms of expressing some sort of, you know, lifestyle imagery or it's almost like imposing your own experience and a lot of other things. And so in her case, I didn't believe for a minute that she would be any different than she was when she was younger. I had to look and project and say, okay, she worked really hard to become what she was in the generation she grew up in and the way she saw herself in terms of the way she dressed, the way she kept her appearance, her skin. She kept herself up well. And I didn't think that that would change over time. I didn't think that, and again, we can't, predict the person's going to get sick we can't predict that they're going to become an alcoholic but i assume because of the discipline that she had to get through medical school to achieve the, all that she had done before she disappeared that that wasn't going to change if she was still alive and it, again until you find a body you always have to presume someone's alive out there that she would still age well so to speak and maybe by then she was able to either be retired, semi-retired, and the clothing, although nice, didn't have to be so professional. And the hairstyle could be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more length, a little bit looser still. But at the same time, I wanted to be able to keep that smile and those friendly eyes that she had, that very approachable appearance. I wanted her to keep that. So how long did it take you to, to do this? I probably worked on this um, nearly a full day, full eight hours. Imagine I'm you, you're sitting in front of the computer. How do, how do you even start? Well, typically I, I start out trying to learn as much as I can about the person. So I actually Googled her name and, and, read, a, and read a Wikipedia story. And it was pretty consistent with what I heard to begin with. So I get kind of a sense or a flavor of who the person was and what they've been through and, and uh, how they got to where they were and, and what led up to the disappearance. I looked at the pictures that you provided, and I took the uh, targeted photo, which was the most portrait-like one. I had her in a frontal view, and I made some adjustments in turn. So I cropped the photo. I made some color adjustments and some skin tone adjustments. And from there, I looked at the reference photos and decided what I was going to use, if I was going to use any at all, and then start researching my own archives as well as pictures on the internet of different hairstyles and clothing types and such, signs of aging, you know, skin tones, skin textures, things like that. And um, then I spend the time, you know, putting it all together. And sometimes it works, and you got to replace a part and use another one. And once you pull everything together, it's a matter of scaling. Uh, setting opacities on your on your layers and you start layering wrinkles over the face or hairstyles just to make sure everything fits together and blends well.
Michael emailed me the age-progressed image. It was really bizarre to see Sneha today smiling. What am I looking at? I don't know how to ask this. Am I looking at some blend of photos and uh, like artistic Photoshop tools or, or what, what exactly is the final product? The final product is my interpretation of what she would look like if she were found today. And the Photoshop and the, the tools I use are nothing more than tools. And there's a misconception that it's Photoshop that drives it. It's these software programs that, that drive the age progression. But in reality, it's just the opposite. I could have taken this and, and got the same result by drawing it or by tracing it with a pencil or drawing it with a pencil. So, you know, what you're looking at is basically a portrait based upon my knowledge of aging and my interpretation of what she would look like based upon the information I'd have from the photos and accomplishing that through Photoshop and other tools I used. And looking specifically at the layers, this rendering that you did is this, are there pieces of photos in this? How do all the layers come together? Like, is this a mix of art and, and photos? It's, um, it's, it's both. I mean, I grab a hairstyle here. I grab a shirt there. Her original photo that you provided is the base image within that photo. I took that photo and I added weight to the face. You know, use the warping tool to, to pull a couple features downward because as we get older, gravity takes effect. But largely after that, it was just taking aging artifacts like facial lines and hairstyles and just, and just layering those on top of the original image and blending them in. I had to do some digital painting. I had to do some airbrushing and stuff like that and some blending, but... How frequently do you get asked to do age progression for adults versus children? I imagine it's, it's less common. It's less common. It's mostly, most of the requests I get are from people who want to see how a child would have looked had they lived to adulthood. It's, it's a great tool. If nothing else, it helps get their case, especially in the case of a missing person, out in front of the media again. What about this case in particular moved you? I thought that there was a person who worked really hard uh, to get to where she was and uh, obviously had a loving, supportive family. And just to have all that presumably taken in this horrible, horrible act and her life done in instance, all that work, all that discipline, all that time and money, everything with a, with a life of promise ahead. In this case, I just saw life unfulfilled. You know, what's interesting is uh, every everybody who worked with her that I've talked to um, and friends say that she didn't actually want to be a doctor. She wanted to be an artist. Hmm. Interesting. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that I've met a lot of people that wind up in careers, lawyers. That is, is probably, I talked to more lawyers that never wanted to be lawyers. They absolutely hate being lawyers. If they could do something else they would do something else in a heartbeat. And a lot of it's cultural dynamics, family dynamics, practicality, and I'm really thankful that I picked a career that I chose. My father didn't want me to do it. I chose it. And at the end, I was rewarded in such a way that I could go off and do what I wanted. If I wanted to work in a 7-Eleven, a surfboard shop, if I wanted to go door-to-door -door selling vacuum cleaners or, or do what I'm doing, I could do it because I could afford to do it. 
I'm able to do that. But it didn't come without a lot of hard work and sacrifices. And thankfully, my body wasn't compromised in terms of injury or death. And my my psyche's turned out pretty well, although I've seen some really horrible, horrible things and heard some horrible things over my lifetime. But um, I'm fortunate, so I'm sorry that she didn't get to realize her dream. To view the age-progressed image of Sneha, go to twitter.com slash John Walzak. That's twitter.com slash J-O-N-W-A-L-C-Z-A-K. We're back next week with a brand new full-length episode. Next time on Missing on 9-11. So you're saying that she went out without her glasses and without her wallet. Yes. Actually... I believed she used Ron's credit card to make the purchase at Century 21. She didn't even have her own ID. She had his credit card. You can reach us by phone at one eight three three new tips That's one 639 8477 Again, one 639 8477 Or you can reach us via email at tips at iheartmedia.com. That's tips, T-I-P-S, at iheartmedia.com. Ben Bolin is our executive producer. Paul Deccan is our supervising producer. Chris Brown is our assistant producer. Seth Nicholas Johnson is our producer. Sam Teagarden is our research assistant. And I'm your host and executive producer, John Walzak. Cover art by Pam Peacock. Special thanks to Tamika Campbell at iHeart and to Christoph Zappri in New Orleans. Also, thank you to Michael W. Street and Aesop Rock. If you want to hire Michael or view his work, go to sketchcop.com. Original theme music by Aesop Rock. Check out Aesop's website at aesoprock.com. If you like this show, check out our first season, Missing in Alaska, about the 1972 disappearance of two congressmen. Missing on 9-11 is a co-production of iHeartRadio and Greenfort Media. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 
I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.